or something like or Phyllis, rather, I can see Phyllis now come a bit closer, or maybe you're watching the video in a few days' time. Great to see you all. If you're watching on Zoom, if you can put yourself on mute, that'll be really handy, really important to do. Thank you very much. If you're here, how are we going to praise God today? That's a great word. We can do some latest moves if you want to. This is my 1970s disco move. Uh, We can do some other moves. We can't sing out loud, we know that, but you can at home. We can't sing out loud, but we can mumble, we can hum, we can praise God still. It doesn't need to be how we used to do it a year ago. So let's praise God still. Our next physical service is going to be in two weeks' time. If you want to come, I think we're still asking Joe is going to be booking in. If you come for one service, don't think that's it forever. You've got to book in every time. Don't forget about it, because otherwise, if you turn up and you haven't booked in and it's full, we'll have to say, sorry, you can't come in, because it's as serious as that. So please book in if you want to come. Really important that you do that every time you want to come. One-way system, we know all about this, so I'm just cutting it shorter than normal. You came in through the front. If you're walking, you're going to go in through the old kitchen, not through the lounge and back through the front, but you're going to go through the old kitchen. If you're driving, you're going to go out the back door, so that's all good. John and uh, Jeff and Kath are special, so they can go out the front door, but only special people uh, can do that. Uh, There's no house group tomorrow because it's a bank holiday. So the next midweek meeting is going to be a week on Wednesday. That's our prayer meeting. Uh, This Thursday, hundreds of people are going to use this building because it's a polling station. So when we pray uh, later for the elections, we can be thinking, oh, yeah, people are going to use our small hall rather than the lounge that's often used. So the polling station is going to be in our small hall. Uh, The Tuesday email has restarted. So if you used to get the Tuesday email and you haven't had it this time, last week was the first one, let me know because some other people have let me know and they said they didn't get it. That's okay. I've, I don't know what's happened. So, but let me know if you haven't had it and I'll make sure I can forward you a copy of it from myself. The latest onward was uh, out on Friday. Uh, it'll come in in the Tuesday email as normal. And last thing... Just because we're meeting in here, there's no breakout rooms on Zoom at the end. uh, But uh, next week there will be, because we'll be back on Zoom then. Jill's going to lead us this morning. Hello. Oh, brilliant to see you all. Hello, everybody on Zoom as well. Um, Lovely sunshine. Lovely to be here and praising God together albeit in a new way. My personal favourite now, as of last time, is humming and jigging. So So I apologise already if my um, humming is too enthusiastic for you. Sorry, I will just carry on because that's all we can do. There we go. I encourage you to be enthusiastic in whatever is your way of praising God at the moment in this, uh, this sort of time. So today, it's all about It Could Only Be God. We're carrying on with our um, uh, theme of It Could Only Be God. And today, Nick is going to speak to us on the video um, about feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I love that story because it tells me immediately of what happens when you give what you've got to God. It's just such a simple thing, isn't it? And actually, in the past year, a lot of us have had time to actually think about what we've got. Um, And and a lot of things have come come to us that, you know, and it's nice to realize that what we've got. 
And if you don't think you've got very much, then let me, let me encourage you to actually start and make a list of things to thank God for. Because when you actually put your mind to thanking God and actually writing a list, oh my goodness, you're suddenly fine. You've got a lot more than you thought you had. That was just a side issue. But um, yeah, so we can, we can think about what we've got and give it to God. And what um, uh, encouraged me, <laughs> encouraged, that's perhaps a strong word, um, what I realized when I thought about this was that the, the people with the, the lunch, uh, I mean, I don't know what Nick's going to be saying because I haven't seen the video yet, but um, they actually had to give it. It wasn't just that they had it and they stood there. They actually had to give it. So let's, let's keep those challenges coming, shall we? <laughs> Think what you've got, be thankful for it, and give it to God um, and, and in actual action, and, uh, and let's see what God can do. Because, wow, feeding 5,000, you know, let's see what can God do in Nuneaton today with what we can give him. Let's pray, and then we're going to start our worship uh, with a video song. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. Lord, you are the king above all kings. You are the Lord above all lords. And so, God, we say, have your way here today. We look forward to hearing what your word is going to tell us. We look forward to hearing from you directly. We look forward to humming and jigging and doing some kind of praising of you and worshipping of you because you are God. Amen. Let me just encourage you with these verses. Exodus 15:11 Who among the gods is like you Lord who is like you majestic in holiness awesome in glory working wonders wow and from Psalm 125 verse 3 great is the Lord and most worthy of praise his greatness no one can fathom amen Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, our sun shall rise to thee.
reading today from Mark 6, chapter 30, a reading from the NLT uh, version. Jesus feeds the 5,000. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves for a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what they asked, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples, to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves. Brilliant. Thank you. We are going to listen to Nick now on a a video. Um, Just to apologize to everybody on the Zoom, the sound wasn't working. It is now working, so they can now all hear us. Um, But I'm sure you had a brilliant time singing Holy, Holy, Holy anyway at home. Um, let's, uh, Let's see what Nick has to bring us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. We're looking at miracles in the Bible. And there's possibly no better place to start than with Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. This is the only miracle that occurs in all four Gospels, so it's obviously fairly relevant. And I'm going to look at it with the other miracle that goes alongside of this one, which is the feeding of the 4,000, which happened in the Gospel narrative a little bit later. I know someone who did a PhD on the miracles of Jesus, and he showed that every single recorded miracle in the scriptures has a unique teaching point. So we can take the miracles and use them for teaching and understanding uh, the points that they're making. Or we can also just read them as a sort of global uh, picture and see what Jesus is doing. This morning, I'm going to take these two miracles and spend a few minutes looking at the stories behind them. And in the second half of this little talk, we'll look at some points I want to pull out of them. 
But please bear in mind that we could pull many more points out than I actually do. So there's a little bit of uh, what I like and what I would like to draw attention to uh, in, in all, all talks like this. So the feeding of the 5,000. In the three synoptic gospels, that's Matthew, Mark and Luke, we have the story that John the Baptist has just been arrested by Herod and beheaded and killed. After this, Jesus withdraws to a quiet place. I think we can see two reasons for this. The first one is that the Gospels record that Herod was looking for Jesus after he killed Herod. Uh, maybe at that time, not necessarily mendaciously, but he was still looking for Jesus. And the second thing is the Gospels record that there was uh, a faction amongst the followers of Jesus who were looking to make him and take him and make him king. So Jesus could pretty obviously see that this was not a good time to fall into the hands of the political system. That would have become a political event rather than the spiritual event that Jesus was making it. So he withdraws to a quiet place and goes off to the far side of the, uh, the lake of uh, Gethsemanerat, Galilee, uh, with his disciples. And he's followed by a large crowd. Uh, so he can't get away from the crowd and he takes pity on the crowd and the Gospels record that he starts to heal them and teach them. In John's Gospel, the reason that Jesus fed the 5,000 was because of his compassion for them, um, because they followed him because of his teaching and healing that John doesn't mention the event with Herod. Either way, we can see that Jesus has withdrawn uh, to a quiet place and has been followed by this very, very large crowd and he's teaching and healing them. At the end of the day, you, you can imagine the situation. We're, we're talking about the first century in uh, Judea, not, not uh, sort of uh, the, the peak district in summer. Um, it's going to be hot, they're going to be tired, they've walked a long way, and the disciples say, we need to get these people fed and watered. Uh, it's going to cost 200 denarii, which is a lot of money, uh, he's talking about a year or more's wages, to feed these people. Um, let's send them off to the local villages so they can buy food and, and look after themselves. Um, I wonder how the local villages were going to cope with 5,000 people turning up. Anyway, that, that they see the need. And Jesus says to them, no, no, um, what have you got? We'll feed them. And we've got five loads and uh, some bread. And in the, the other, other gospel, they've got a little bit more, a little, a little bit less bread um, in, in the story of the 4,000. And they break the, 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 the loaves and share them out amongst the people and the people are fed. Quite miraculously would obviously appear. Then there's this little interesting part that says they picked up, with the feeding of the 5,000, they picked up five, sorry, 12 small baskets full of leftovers. Now, that's not a lot. 12 sort of picnic-sized baskets of leftovers after 5,000 people is not a lot, but it shows that everybody had eaten enough, that they had been sufficiently fed. In the feeding of the 4,000, it says, there were seven but large baskets, dustbin-sized baskets, which they picked up. Now, one of the questions that 
arises in my mind is why did they run around and pick up uh, the leftovers? This was first century AD. There wasn't lots of um, crisp packets and um, bottles and sandwich uh, wrappers. Everything left over would have been either bread or fish. And you can be pretty sure that it would all have been gone within, the, at least by the following morning, as the animals and birds came along and picked it all up. So that's the question. Why did they go around and pick up uh, the food? And if you look in John's Gospel, it clearly says Jesus said to them, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So there's a point in this. Jesus wants the leftover fragments gathered up. I don't think this was just an environmental thing because, as I said, the birds and bees and everything else would have had a field day if they were left. There's also a hint in the numbers. Twelve small baskets is a reference, I think, to twelve tribes of Israel. And the seven in the other story is a reference to seven being the perfect number. So there's a, a, a teaching in this that in this miracle that Jesus performs, no one was left out. There was, I think the teaching is, there was something left over. They were not all scrapping around to find the odd little bit. The other thing is, we come back to this idea of faith again here. There was no faith needed by these people for the miracle that Jesus did. It was patently obvious that Jesus had provided them with uh, enough to eat. Did they know this was miraculous? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just thought Jesus had turned up with um, a couple of donkey loads full of food for them. But the point that I think is being made is that the miracle was undeniable, that it was obvious, that it was sufficient, that it was noted by the disciples and by Jesus. And that Jesus did this twice, once with the 5,000 and once with the 4,000. As we go to the second part of this talk, those are the two points from this story that I want to take over. Firstly, there was sufficient. It was an obvious thing that Jesus did. Uh, secondly, that the people who saw this miracle didn't have to use any particular faith or any particular uh, understanding. It was obvious that it was a miracle. It was clear it had happened. There was no denying uh, the story. So let's have a break now and then we'll come to the teaching that I want to pull out from this story. We're going to worship again. Um, if you, again, stand or sit as you uh, feel comfortable.
Let's read from Matthew 16, verses 5 to 16. I'll read the whole passage through. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it amongst themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing amongst yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it? that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So he's repeated that twice about beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The Gospels are written in very careful order and it's clearly not uh, coincidence that the story of the five loaves and the two fish and the feeding of the 4,000 precedes this confession of Peter. In the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000, Jesus shows that he is Lord of provision. When the disciples crossed the other side, it says they've forgotten to bring any bread. Now, I find that slightly humorous. Um, I've had a good laugh about it and talked it over with Maggie, but what happens if we go out? Um, sometimes if we go out with uh, all our grandchildren and families together, we're about that number. And um, I can imagine exactly what it would be like if we got to some location and realized that we'd forgotten lunch. Uh, and Maggie pointed out that probably the women had made it and left it out and the men had just forgotten to bring it. Whatever story you want, um, they'd forgotten any bread. There's something encouraging in that uh, for me, in that uh, all human beings make mistakes. Uh, and if you're a manager or a leader or something, sometimes it's going to go wrong, that the most obvious thing is left out. And the disciples were probably pretty embarrassed about this, uh, but they brought it to Jesus and said, uh, we've forgotten lunch. And Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they immediately went away and thought, ah, he's telling us that when we go into the local shops to try and buy some, or the local villages to try and buy some, be careful we don't buy old stuff, or stuff that's going mouldy or something. Uh, no, says Jesus, you have little faith. Uh, why are you discussing this amongst yourselves? And he brings attention to the fact that he fed the 5,000, he fed the 4,000, and he brings attention to the fact that he is the Lord of provision. Look at the uh, wording here exactly. Um, do you not yet perceive, do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000, how many 
baskets you gathered. So the number is significant, 12 and 7. We're looking at the perfect number and the provisions for the kingdom of Israel or, or for the future church. Jesus is making a statement here. I am the Lord of provision. And he links that to this other statement, which is the one I want to bring our attention to. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, leaven just means yeast here, uh, that which you add to bread to make it nicer and easier to eat. So you've got two things. You've got the bread, which we can see is the gospel, and you've got the leaven, which makes it more palatable, makes it easy to understand, which we can look at the leaven as teaching or um, the teaching skills or that which is added to the bread to make it easier for us to understand. And notice Jesus does not say, beware of leaven. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's the problem. It's not the leaven that is the problem. It's where it comes from that is the problem. And today we are more exposed to this than any time, I think, in Christian history. It's interesting to look back at the history of the control of information from the very earliest time before the printing press, where it was in the hands of the ruling elite, to the printing press, where it was in the hands of those who could control the distribution of books, to the invention of the radio and television, to where it was in the hands of those who controlled the platforms on, on which you, you, you could, if you're a rich, big, rich American uh, group, you could make a television platform and you could put your preachers and teachers on that platform. And that the message that was given was that which the television people wanted, not necessarily what the gospel wanted. Today, we've, we've come to a place that is entirely different. We've come to a place where the internet now allows anybody to have a platform. And this has had two effects. Firstly, it's opened us up to a lot of very dangerous, very sinister teaching, whether that is political, whether it is other religious, whether it is uh, wherever you want to look, um, it's extremely dangerous and it's out there. But the other thing it's done is it's stopped the uh, medias of the day controlling the spreading of the gospel so that now people are able to have internet platforms in which they're teaching the word of God without having to have an eye over their shoulder of who is controlling the platform. What's the audience figures? Who are we upsetting? They're now able to have an honest and clear presentation of the gospel. And I'm finding in my own looking round some really incredibly wonderful teaching that's coming from uh, these platforms but also some extremely sinister teaching, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So we must be very careful when we're looking at uh, teaching these days to make sure that it is gospel-based and promoting the kingdom of God, not the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Here's a very simple test. When the 5,000 were fed, it was clear that they were fed. It was clear there was enough left over. If anybody draws your attention to miracles or healings in which you have to look with a specific level of faith, which they call faith, which is not faith, but 
self-delusion, you are looking at or listening to a false teacher. Just before I, I made this little talk now, I had a look at some of the techniques again used by these people. And the, 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 one of the obvious techniques is to bring someone up. I've just watched someone bring a child up with, a, with an eyesight problem, uh, lay hands on this child, declare in Jesus' name this child is healed, and then send the child off before anybody sees whether the child was actually healed or whether the child will ever be healed in the future. And you're left just believing that they said it. I think that's false teaching. When Jesus healed, he sent people back to the, uh, the priest to be checked. They came back and it couldn't be denied. When he fed the 5,000, there was enough left over. The amount that was left over was sufficient to fill seven baskets and 12 baskets. That The numbers of themselves are relevant to show that Jesus knew exactly how much he was providing and exactly how much would be left over. We don't need faith to see real miracles. And if people start claiming that you need faith to see real miracles, you are talking and looking at false teaching. So, qu quite a, a little message here, a little warning here. There's the bread, the gospel. There is the leaven, that which human beings add, which can be very helpful and to some extent is essential, although as we can't provide the gospel, it's impossible for anybody to present a gospel message to you without them bringing a little bit of themselves. But it's to be, we need to be, we are warned to be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leaven of those people who are using the gospel for their own ends. So look at these stories, look at these teachings on the internet, find the ones that are gospel-based and uh, very encouraging, but be very careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is out there and uh, very often accepted as being uh, good and normal in many, many circles because there isn't the necessary discernment to look at it. And here's a very simple way of testing. Do you have to look at what they say in faith or is it obvious? Brilliant. Thank you very much, Nick. Lord, I pray that you will help us to see you at work and understand when it's obvious and know when we can, we can believe the teaching we're seeing. God, will you protect us? Will you give us wisdom? Will you help us to not um, be deceived by the leaven of the Pharisees? God, help us to look to you and see when what you're doing is obvious and doesn't require us to look in a squinty way to see if it's, if it's right. Lord, you are the God of everything, and that includes every minute detail of our lives. So, God, we want to come and give you who we are, what we have, and let you do the rest. Have your way, we pray. Amen. We're going to uh, continue with um, our worship time, and uh, the, we will have a prayer time, and I've asked John to give a testimony as well. Um, so we're just going to have some, some videos and, and some John coming up here um, in the next one. But let's carry on now with uh, Beautiful Lord.
could only be God. Our church website first went online over 10 years ago. And then four years ago, it was superseded by another version of it. But about a year ago, I was starting to think, our church website looks a bit old. Now, I know some of you don't use the internet at all, or very little. But for me, a technophile, I love it. I like surfing on it and all sorts of things like that. And the thing was, I was just thinking, when I look at other churches' websites, they had much more impact on me as someone who's kind of uh, interested in that kind of thing. And so I found out some details and did some research, and a company uh, said they could do it, but they wanted £1,600 to do, do the uh, new website. So I took it to the church council meeting last October, and we had a brief discussion about it then. And we decided, oh, let's talk about it at the next uh, church council meeting at the end of January this year. And so, yeah, we talked about it again. And this time we said, well, we can't afford that. It's way beyond our resources. So what we're going to do, we're just going to kick it into the long grass and just say, oh, let's think about it in a year or two. So you can imagine, I was a bit disappointed, thinking, yeah, I know that's the right thing to do. We've got more important things we need to pay our money on like electricity and things like that and so I just thought okay Lord I'll leave it with you the next day I had to ring up the company that hosts our website it wasn't about anything in particular and I don't ring them up very often but it was something I had to do they sorted out my inquiry and when I was just about to put the phone down they said ah Mr. Stevenson I like it when people call me Mr. Stevenson and they said do you know we've got a special offer at the moment We can see that your websites, because I've got three with them, uh, your websites look fairly old, but if you want to do a new website with us, it will cost two-thirds of the price that you pay at the moment. I'd like to take that offer up, please, I said to them. And so for the next two months, I was sorting out the website to make it modern and lovely-looking and functional and really sort of something that people would like to look at and use. And then on the end of March, the 26th of March, it went live. And so now we've got a really modern-looking website, not because we spent a load of money, but because we spent less money. And because it could only be God that we looked to and said, Lord, it's in your hands. Only you can deal with it. Thank you very much, God. I've been wanting John to share that testimony for ages because when he told me about it the next day, I was just like, ah, this is amazing. Oh, my goodness. We've just had a council meeting and, and saying we can't do anything with this. And the next day, God said, here, have it for free and pay less on your, your regular website costs. I mean, that's just like, ah, it doesn't happen. It can only be God. I'm so glad John was willing to share that with us today. Now he's done all the hard work. It has been a lot of hard work, hasn't it? (laughs) You do do a lot of hard work on the website. So thank you very much for that, John. Um, But yes, let's give the glory to God. You know, any problem that you are looking at, any situation that you are in, when there's, uh, you know, you forgot your lunch, let's, let's look to God. He answers. He's the one who does it. So let's uh, let's continue with our worship. We're going to um, <laughs> sing Waymaker. Absolutely. Amen. God is the Waymaker.
that we are reconciled with you because of what you did in your death and resurrection. Will you continue to show us how to live for you? Help us to get alongside those who are mourning at the moment, as well as those who are celebrating. Will you help us to be your hands to our family, our friends, and to, us and to strangers? 
whether we should do things openly and with a lot of noise or to do things quietly and in the background. Help us to hear from you and to see your kingdom extended. We look to you as we attempt to make a difference in our society. Lord, we pray for the elections this Thursday as we elect new borough councillors, county councillors and a police and crime commissioner Help us to be prayerful as we vote. Father, we desire that Nuneaton, Bedworth, Balkington and Hinckley are changed so that you are honoured here. We want to honour you with our lives, so we look to you. We pray for those young people who have exams in the coming weeks and for those who are still making decisions about their long-term futures. Hyungjin, Heejin, Paul, Jack, Dominic, Lexi, Reuben, David, Dassel, Jonathan and Michaela. Will you please bless them and help them to know your nearness to them at this possible stressful time. For those of us who are older and also need to make difficult decisions in the coming weeks, please help us to put you first, look into you constantly. Thank you, God, for our new website and for the Tuesday email that has restarted. As you have caused them to be developed, so we look to you for their future too. As we seek to tell others about you, will you help us to use all channels that are available to us, even if, even if at first it seems impossible or almost a fairy story? You are God. We are not. You change lives and make the seemingly impossible possible. Stir our hearts. Give us dreams that seem scary to us, but are perfectly reasonable to you. We know that you are doing things in our lives now. We look to you for our future, knowing that you are steadfast, merciful, loving, and omnipotent. We look to you. For our friends in other churches, we help them as they begin to meet together again. Help them to prioritize what you are wanting them to do. How to worship you. How to spread the gospel. How to make a practical difference in society. And how to stand strong as the people you have called them to be. Please help them to actively look to you. Thank you for calling us and making us your children. We will humble ourselves. We will look to you. Do with us as you desire, holy God. Please deal with long-term sins in our lives, habits we have, and words we regularly speak that in no way glorify you and hurt other people. We're sorry. Come and change us. We look to you. For your glory and for your sake, we look to you. Fill us with your love and your Holy Spirit, whatever our age or gender, whether we feel useful or used, we look to you. Thank you for the story you have so far created in our lives. Whatever the next chapter is about, we look to you. You are our Saviour, our Lord and our friend. We will look to you. Amen. Amen. Yes.
whatever that new chapter is. Perhaps it'll be much the same as the previous chapter, but that's okay. We don't know, but we look to God for everything. We are going to finish with um, uh, singing The Splendor of the King, and uh, then uh, we'll go home. And, do you know, it's hopefully only going to be eight weeks before we can do church where we don't have to be apart and that kind of stuff. Hopefully. We'll see. But hopefully eight weeks. I thought I would encourage you with that because it's, I find it really hard humming. <laughs> I really want to sing. And I really want to give people hugs and have everybody back in the building again and not, not for it to be. I mean, you know, this is good. It's better to see some people and, and you know, not, not others. But let, let's hope eight weeks. Anyway, glory to God. And whatever is coming, um, yeah, give it all to him. Let's sing. Hum. Jig. You know.
amen, amen, amen. God, you are the greatest. You always have been and you always will be. God, help us to see your greatness in everything that we do and everything that we look at and we see. God, your greatness is there to behold. Help us to see it this week, I pray. Lord, keep us safe as we go away from this place. Keep us safe as we uh, look to um, get back to normal. God, help us to, to not miss anything that you're doing in the morning, in, in the meantime, by, by looking too far forward. God, we want to be following where you are leading. And uh, yeah, help us to hear you and obey, I pray. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us this morning. If you could just stay where you are um, until the steward comes and takes you to direct you to go out, please, that would be great. Um, thanks for coming. And yeah, two weeks time again, uh, book in with uh, Joe and Alan as the same as today. Thank you. <laughs>